Now it's time to take a look at the current issue of NME magazine. And uh, Stuart, we're starting off with Zayn Malik. Yes, this is a good story. He has discussed his admiration for Kanye West, describing the rapper as authentic and saying that he speaks the truth. The former One Direction boy band member has spoken to Complex for a new cover feature. When asked whether he would rather be successful or real, the singer opted for the latter. Malik added, I believe that success follows authenticity. People see through fake stuff. They don't want to see that. They want a real person. That's why Kanye is so successful, he continued. He's speaking the truth. Regardless of whomever he offends, he isn't bothered. And that is admirable. Malik quit One Direction, who are currently on an extended hiatus, in March 2015. Since his departure, he has hinted at tension between himself and other members of the band, saying only Liam Payne has kept in touch with him. Ooh, yeah, a bit of tension there between the uh, One Direction boys, but yeah, he's, he's defending Kanye West, and I don't think Kanye West really needs defending. He, he draws attention to himself for being a little bit eccentric at times, but I think he's a, he's a great musician. He is a great musician. I mean, I have to say, I saw him at Glastonbury mm. and uh, I didn't know what to make of him, to yeah. be honest, uh, seeing him live. I didn't think he suited the Glastonbury scene, if I'm honest, the Pyramid mm, stage. Mm. But, um, you know, at, at the same time, you can't fault, you know, uh, how big a star he is and how, what a big star he's become. And, and a lot of it is to do with mm. just his his runaway mouth. That's right, his personality. He gets people talking. He draws attention to himself, whether it be for the wrong or the right reasons. I think he's very astute and he's very creative as well. It might not be to everybody's tastes, but I think I'm, sometimes you do just have to push the boat out a little bit to yeah create something new. So Do you think we do that here in the Daily Life? Oh, we're always. We're pioneers, <laughs> Jill. That's what we are. We are pioneers. Well, listen, let's move on to our next story from NME Magazine. And it is Mick Jagger talking about David Bowie. Yes, the Rolling Stones frontman has spoken of his regret for not staying in touch with David Bowie prior to his death earlier this year. The pair were friends and collaborators during the 70s and 80s, most notably working together for the 1985 single Dancing in the Street. However, it's been reported that Jagger has said that he hadn't seen Bowie in a long time before he died. Jagger describes himself as very upset at not being able to see his friend one last time. Jagger also revealed that he was in New York, the city where Bowie lived and died, when he passed away. I was listening to his album Black Star before he died and ahead of it coming out, Jagger is quoted as saying, I thought I must get in touch with him as I hadn't seen him in a long time, but he died almost immediately after that and I was very upset. The singer also confirmed that he was unaware that Bowie was battling cancer. What he was going through must have been really wrenching, Jagger added, but working and doing such good work until the very end is really laudable. Reflecting on Bowie's career, Jagger continued, He had a sense of what he wanted to project and what he wanted to be personality-wise. He was rather chameleon-like in that respect. He chose rather good designers to work and had a tremendous sense of style and verve that took his stage act to another level. He was a bit like Grace Jones in some respects. She did the same sort of thing in a certain way. That's a lot of superficiality, but for someone like Lady Gaga or Bowie, it's part and parcel of their sense of style and the projection of their inner self. Bowie passed away in January at the age of 69. In the aftermath of his death, Jagger paid tribute to the good times the pair shared. Yeah, that's kind of sad, you know. 
in retrospect, yeah, you can think, oh, I really should have stayed in touch, but it's too late and you're going to be carrying that with you for a long time. Yeah, I think um, obviously, you know, you just got a sense of them being great friends mm-hmm. when you saw the video from oh. Dancing in the Street. I mean, I remember that as a, as a kind of young person. Yeah, that puts a smile on your face, that video. They did have a very close friendship. And sometimes you forget that celebrities are just like us, just humans with real feelings and real friendships and relationships. And yeah, it must have been hard for them to try and maintain that in, in the public spotlight. I think as well, you know, considering the, the two of them were such major celebrities mm. and so high profile, they were doing their own things around the world. They had their own concerts, their own tours. Yep. So it must be very difficult to keep in touch in that respect. Yeah. But, you know, I know my real friends in life because I know that I can not speak to them for weeks on end and then catch up with them and bang, we're, yep. we're back. And, and it's like there's been no time elapsed at all. So I, I know what you mean there. Time and distance aren't barriers to, to genuine friendships. But, yeah, they must have had exceptionally busy schedules, each of them. But, yeah, let's hope that Mick Jagger can, can yeah, resolve that in his own mind at least. So, absolutely, mm. absolutely. Well, listen, we're staying with uh, the Rolling Stones, uh, mm. but another member of the Rolling Stones, uh, and I don't think there's any love lost here, no friendship at all, uh, it's Keith Richards. Yes, apparently this is a great, slightly odd, but a very intriguing story. He reportedly pulled a knife on Donald Trump in the late 80s, according to an ex-event promoter of the Rolling Stones. It has emerged this week. With a growing number of artists and performers distancing themselves from businessman-turned-politician Donald Trump, it's been reported that the Rolling Stones' desire to steer clear ran back to 1989. The Stones played a long tour that year, which culminated with a performance at Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, which was unfortunately being sponsored and presented by Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino. The story, originally reported last year, has again surfaced on social media in the run-up to Trump's presidential campaign. According to Salon, who have recently reported on the story, Trump was in attendance backstage at the Rolling Stones concert in 1989 after the band returned from a seven-year hiatus. Trump had had been warned to stay away from their shows after the band had expressed that they did not want to associate with him and negotiated a contract based on those terms with the entrepreneur. Unfortunately, the only person I could get to kind of agree to the site fee we needed and to work it through was Donald Trump. Now, I had one of those, oh God, how am I going to do this moments, says ex-promoter Michael Cole. And I opened my big mouth in the meeting with the Rolling Stones where they go, this is all great, but we're not going to be affiliated with Donald Trump at all. And I go, I will control Donald Trump, don't you worry. In August 2015, the Steel Wheels event promoter, Cole, originally told Polestar in November 2015 of how Trump had reportedly hijacked the band's after-show press room despite the stipulations of their contract and decided to hold his own conference. I get word that I've come to the press room in the next building. I run to the press room in the next building and what do you think is happening? There's Donald Trump giving a press conference in our room. I give him the come here sign. Come on, Donald, what are you doing? A, you promised us you wouldn't even be here. And B, you promised you would never do this, says Cole. But they begged me to go up and I say, stop it, stop it. This could be crazy. Do what you said you would. Don't make a liar of yourself. According to Cole in that interview, Richard's pulls out his knife and slams it on the table and says, what the hell do I have you for? Do I have to go over there and fire him myself? One of us is leaving the building, either him 
or us, when he catches wind of the ensuing rift. Cole then said that Trump left the room, but with three bodyguards he's with in trench coats, two of them are putting on gloves and the other one is putting on brass knuckles. Cole said that he responded by calling the band's head of security, who got 40 of the crew with tire irons and hockey sticks and screwdrivers. So far, Donald Trump, Keith Richards and the Rolling Stones have not commented on the story. But Jill, I could well believe that. On both sides, that sounds the sort of behaviour that you would expect from Donald Trump and Keith Richards. They're both a little bit... mm. Unpredictable? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Well, do you know something? I would have thought that, you know, if the Rolling Stones had wanted to be true to themselves, then they wouldn't have gone with the cash and done the gig in Donald Trump's hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, And secondly, uh, they must have known how unpredictable he can be and that, that... you know, he was never going to stick to a contract. That's right. If they were aware of his personality in his in the first place and they didn't want to work with him, then they shouldn't have been surprised by his, you know, sort of ego to hijack the press conference. But at the same time, you're right, Jill, you know, the Rolling Stones, they knew that they didn't want to work with him, but they still let the powers that be let it happen. And yeah, maybe maybe they, they, they regret that decision. But yeah, it was a long time ago now. But yeah, I don't think you'll ever get either of them talking about that incident ever again. Definitely not. Although I would love to have been a fly in the wall. It would have been amazing. Listen, thank you so much for taking us through the current issue of NME magazine. Some great stories there this week. Very interesting and very varied. Um, If you want to get the current copy, it is out now, so please do go out and get it. But if you can and you want to take a look online, all the stories are on their fully accessible website. It's NME.com.